Well, good morning. Good morning. I wasn't actually going to start with this story, but since Rick brought up the fact that I'm kind of last minute sharing, um, it reminds me of years ago I was working at Penn State. Uh, I was working with college, doing college ministry there, and I was in charge of our weekly meeting. And our weekly meeting had about 650 students that would come every Thursday night. And, and we would have, very similar to a church service, we'd have worship, we'd have a speaker, we'd have usually some sort of skits and fun things. And, and that was one of my main responsibilities. Each week uh, I helped put that on. And I would arrange pastors from local churches to come speak. And one night the pastor didn't come. And he was supposed to be there a half hour early, and he wasn't there, and I'm starting to sweat, and it's 15 minutes, and he's still not there, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So the guys in my Bible study I had positioned throughout the different parking lots that could access to the building that we were in to usher him in as quick as possible, and, and he never came. And so the time for the speaker came, and I got up, and I gave a talk. And afterwards, the guys in my Bible study were like, wow, Eric, I can't believe you gave that talk. Were you, did you just have that prepared? And I said, no, I was, I was winging the whole thing. <laughs> and they said, but, but you're using note cards. And I said, yeah, the note cards were blank. I just didn't want you to know that I was unprepared. <laughs> so thankfully, Capital actually gave me a couple days notice for this. So hopefully I, you won't feel like I'm winging it. But the nice thing is, is because I only have a few days to, to prepare for this, I didn't have a sermon prepared prior to being asked, but basically what it means is I just get to share what God's been teaching me in my heart and what, where he's been ministering to me. And so we're going to look at that today. Uh, my family and I have lived in Beijing for the last 15 years. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we've been back to America. We only go back every three years. We go back for a couple months in the summer. And... Uh, so one of the challenges when you travel internationally, which I'm sure most of you can relate to, is jet lag. Uh, I thought it was hard when JJ and I first came to China 15 years ago, but now that we have now four small kids, jet lag is, is a whole other level of difficult. And so a few years ago, we went back to the States, and we flew into Denver, and our goal was to fly into Denver, and then we're going to rent a car and drive six hours north to where my wife's family lives where my wife grew up in, in Wyoming. But we knew we were flying in so late that we didn't want to actually do that in the middle of the night. So we ended up renting a hotel right there in the Denver area. Well, needless to say, around 3 o'clock in the morning, one of my kids got up. And when you have kids, when your kid's up, you're up. And it turned out that he was not feeling well. And we're crammed in a small hotel room together, and so it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and we're all awake. And so my wife says to me, Eric, we're all up. Let's go. We need some, some cold medicine anyway. Uh, let's, let's all go to Walmart. So we knew Walmart would be open, and, and the store was mostly empty, and it was like Disneyland to our kids, uh, running around in these wide aisles with no people and uh, the endless amounts of new choices of food that they can get that they can't get in China. I mean, I, I, I'm amazed. I knew there were hundreds of different types of cereal, but now in America, there's all sorts of, even regular items, there's like 20 different varieties. 
like peanut butter and almonds and things like that. There's all these different flavors. And, and so our kids were having a lot of fun running around. And they weren't being inappropriate, but they were definitely excited. And as I watched my kids, I had a smile on my face. I was a proud, proud dad at that moment, and I was just enjoying them, enjoying the store. But as I also noticed as I'm walking around, there's some really strange people at Walmart at 3 in the morning. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is the, the strangest one was us, apparently, <laughs> because everybody was looking at me. I could feel all the eyes, like, I forget what the word would be, like, searing right on, onto me. And they're all basically, in many ways, saying the same thing. And you know what they were saying? What kind of dad are you to bring your kids to Walmart at 3 in the morning? Why aren't your kids in bed? So as I got to the checkout counter, the clerk there was, I could tell he was uncomfortable, and he was looking to make small talk. And so he said to me, it's kind of late for your kids to be up, huh? So I proceeded to tell him, well, you know, we just flew in from China, and our kids, their bodies are on Beijing time, and so actually it's the middle of the afternoon to them. And not only that, but one of our kids was sick, so we decided to come here to get some cold medicine for him. And it was amazing to look at the guy's face. You could see his face instantly transform from, I think this guy is the worst dad ever, to maybe, just maybe, there's hope for him. So my question is, have you ever judged someone or something before you had the full story? I think we do it all the time. And I think often we have it wrong. So I wanted to share with you a story in my own life of where I did that with, with God, and specifically with his, with his word. When I was in college, I learned a lot in class, but my spiritual growth was probably the most important thing. Well, not probably. It was the most important growth that I experienced in college. Someone had suggested to me about reading through the Bible in a year. So I was excited, and I got a plan, and I started reading every day. I had tons and tons of homework and reading textbooks and stuff, but I also made sure that I had time to read my Bible. And I was loving it. But then I got to a verse that really rocked my world. And that verse that really bothered me, it was during the crucifixion. Mark 15, 34 says, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, as a young believer, a freshman in college, they, were, they really struggled with that. Why would he say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did, did Jesus doubt did he have lack of faith? Did he, did he not trust what God was doing? To be honest, it sent my young faith in a tailspin. So finally, I asked my pastor. After a few weeks, I decided, I, I, I want to know this. So I asked my pastor, and thankfully, what he told me transformed my face just like that grocery or that Walmart clerk in Colorado. I went from seeing this passage as a negative uh, to seeing how it demonstrates the hand of God over thousands of years. So you're probably wondering what my pastor told me. You can come up and ask me later. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, in biblical times, Scripture wasn't available like it is now. I mean, even today, on my phone, I have five different Bible apps. 
And so I can read the Bible in English, I can read it in Chinese, I can even read it in Greek, and all right in the palm of my hand. But in biblical days, people didn't have access to Scripture like that. And even if they did, the majority of the people from a, were from an agricultural society, and they couldn't read anyway. And so Scripture memory was even more important. So what my pastor went on to tell me was, back then, if somebody wanted to give a sermon, they would often say, so like, let's say I want to give a sermon on Hebrews 12, I would say, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I would stop, and somebody in the audience has that section of Scripture memorized, and so they would start reading, or from, from memory, sharing the verse. And while they're sharing it, I would be preparing the thoughts of what I'm going to share based on that verse. And so when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want you to imagine standing at the cross, seeing all the things that are happening, and then hearing somebody reading Psalm 22. So I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 22, and I want you to think about all the things you learned in Sunday school, what you saw on the, the Passion video or movie and, and different things, and think about Psalm 22. But what I want you to think about is Psalm 22 was written over a thousand years before Jesus died on the cross. And I think we're going to look at this passage, and some of it is pretty amazing. It starts out with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no, none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide with their mouths at me, like a ra raving and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of enemy evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for, the cloth for my clothing they cast lots. But you not be far off. O oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All, of the, all you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. For, you, for from you comes my praise in the great congregation. 
my vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Pretty amazing, right? I, I know a lot of it is figurative. They use language, like they talk about strong bulls of Bashan, and, and we can get into that later. Uh, you can look online. Some people talk about that, indicating the soldiers and, and things. Uh, but there are some pretty evident similarities between Psalm 22 and Jesus' death on the cross, and I wanted to quickly go through go through some of those things. First, he starts with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said he was scorned by mankind. All who see me mock me. Then there's a quote, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. That was said at the cross about Jesus. Could you imagine if you were standing there in the crowd and you hear Psalm 22 spoken and it says, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. And you were the one that just said that. I'd be like, wait a minute, I, I just said that. And here it is in a psalm 1,000 years before this happened. It's amazing. It says, I am poured out like water. My strength is dried up. Right there, that's describing crucifixion. They've talked to physicians, and they talk about when you're crucified you're hung in a position and all your liquids start going to the bottom. And because of that, you get really thirsty, which is why when Jesus is on the cross, he says, I'm thirsty. And they give him the wine. It says, they have pierced my hands and feet. The amazing thing about this one to me is this, this is over a thousand years before it happened. But when it was written by David, crucifixion wasn't even invented yet. So, so here David is writing a psalm about the Messiah, a thousand years from now, is going to die on a cross with his hands pierced and his feet pierced. And they didn't even do that yet. That's like me saying a thousand years from now, we're going to kill people by lasers or, or something like that. And it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. But yet we see God's hand at work. We see his plan. It's amazing. I can count all my bones. Jesus, or they say that the Son of Man didn't have any broken bones. And, and, and so when I think they say I can count all my bones, they're saying that they haven't been broken. They divided my garments among them and my clothing, they cast lots. So I remember being a young Christian, talking to my pastor and telling me about Psalm 22 and, and seeing God's plan in action through Jesus' death on the cross. And, and it really amazed me. I went from... Like the, like the Walmart clerk, I went from thinking that this verse was a negative to thinking, wow, what an amazing God we have. And it makes me even wonder if that's why the centurion, when he's standing at the foot of the cross, he says, truly this was the Son of God. Because he's hearing the prophecy spoken over what he's actually seeing. The other thing that hit me about this was some of the other things. 
that, that were also proclaimed in this psalm. In the end, towards the end of the psalm, it says, All the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. So even then, we see a God, God's plan for the nations. We sang that song today. I didn't tell you to do it, but we sang the song, Ask and I'll give you the nations. And to me, it's amazing to think that, that what we're seeing is the good news opened up that we as Gentiles can partake in that. The nations include America and Australia and China, all the nations. Not only that, but it includes me personally. It says, posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. That includes me. At that time, I was yet unborn, but yet God's plan is already in pa passing and including me. So what an amazing God we have. So I learned all this back when I was in college. It really strengthened my faith. Um, it was a great thing for me. But about six months ago, I was actually looking at this passage with some friends. And one of the things that we noticed is that further in, in the Psalms, Psalm 31.5, it actually says, into your hands I commit my spirit. Does that sound familiar? Jesus says that on the cross. Not that long after, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so I did some research. And some scholars actually believe that while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was actually praying through Psalm 22 through Psalm 31.5. And so I thought about that. And we don't know for sure. I'm not saying that that is exactly what was happening. But I thought about that because I've always wondered, what, what is Jesus thinking when he's on the cross? Well, I know he has compassion in his heart because he's saying, Father, forgive them for they know, what they, know not what they do. I know he must be scared because he's taking on the whole weight of the whole world's sin. And, and that, would, that would be terrifying. But what was he thinking? So I thought about it. I'm like, well, if he really was praying through this psalm, I, I should look at it. And so I looked at it, and I was really encouraged because basically what it is, it's talking about the character of who God is. And I thought about it, and I said, I thought, you know, my, my struggles and my trials, they pale in comparison to what Jesus was going through on the cross. But at the same time, as I go through my, the difficulties that I face, remembering who God is helps me to press on. Or maybe more accurately, not press on, but to, to press in, to press in to, to the Father, to abide in Him, to trust in Him. So this year I had emergency surgery in Russia, and I spent a long time in a Russian hospital. And reading Psalm 23, or 22 to 31 gave me a lot of strength. About two, two months ago, my wife had our fourth child. And reading Psalm 22 to Psalm 31 has given me a lot of energy and, and excitement. You know, I feel like we feel like we're swimming with our heads barely above water. And Jim Gaffigan, a comedian, said, you want to know what it's like to have five kids? Imagine that you're drowning and somebody comes up and hands you a child. And so that's what I feel like with four. My wife and I are struggling to keep our heads above water, and here now we have Owen. 
And we're happy he's here, but it's tough. And so reading Psalm 22 to 31 has given me a lot of comfort. You know, life is hard. Life in a foreign culture is hard. Parenting is hard. Marriage is not easy. But reading Psalm 22 to 31 has given me a lot of hope. So today we're going to try something a little different. I'm not going to talk much about the scripture. Uh, We're just going to read it. We're going to let it wash over us. And each time I've read Psalm 22 to 31, something different has jumped out at me. Whether it's the fact that the Lord is my shepherd, or the Lord is my light and my salvation, the Lord is my strength and my shield, and it he talks about how he's the king of glory. So I don't know what difficulties you're facing today or facing this week, but I'm sure you have some. And I'm sure that God has something for you. And so my hope and my prayer is that as we, as we look at Psalm 22 to 31, as we read it to you, as you listen to it, that something will jump out at you and you'll learn more of who God is. And so right now I just want to add a couple guys that are going to help, help me read it because it's a long section of Scripture. And uh, you guys can come on forward. And uh, yeah, let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this section of scripture. I pray that you would just help, help it to resonate in our hearts. Help us to hear uh, your word and uh, hear what you want to share with us. Lord, we love you and speak to us now. So your name I pray. Amen. Oh, thanks, Doug. Okay, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, 
For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, and therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what in, in right. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. For those who keep his covenant and his testimonies, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. O oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Psalm 26. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I will walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. For you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. 
For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 28. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry, when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Ascribe. You gotta hold it. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord and the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a, wild, a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. 
and your righteousness deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and your namesake you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden me for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit, for you have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for just this section of scripture that talks about who you are and how we get a, a better glimpse into you as our Father, you as our light, you as our Savior. Father, I just think of the verse in here that talks about how there's weeping at night, but joy comes in the morning. And just how on the cross, so many people were probably sad and bothered by, by the fact that you died for our sins and that you died. But yet, joy does come in the morning through the resurrection. And Father, I pray that you would just help us this week as we face difficulties at work, difficulties in our marriages, difficulties parenting, difficulties in relationships. I pray that we'd be reminded of, of things that were in these psalms and that they would give us strength, they would give us comfort, they give us hope. And I pray that you would just uh, help us to walk with you this week, Lord. It's your name I pray. Amen.